0: Doing ministry well. All right, and thank you for checking in with another episode of Doing Ministry Well, where we try to give you some practical steps on uh, doing ministry well. So I'm here today with RK, and we're in the beautiful Manoa Valley here on the beautiful island of Oahu, and uh, it's quite warm, but RK, thanks for being on the show with us today. Uh, no, my pleasure, my pleasure. RK, I got to tell a funny story about you. Of course. Um The first time I met you, I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, I was coming down with the SBS to check out and see what ministry we were going to partner with, and I remember having a conversation with you, and you spoke to me in Pidgin the whole entire time. Do you remember that? (laughs) I don't. Yeah, I think you remember.
1: I remember the talk we had. I had no idea I was speaking in Pidgin. Yeah, you were speaking really bad Pidgin
0: to me, and I could barely understand what you were saying, (laughs) and uh, yeah, because I was... Pretty new to the island at the time, but that's uh, that's pretty funny. But okay, something that I really appreciate about you and your wife is just the way you guys do ministry. Uh, When I think of just perseverance, you guys really persevere through things, and I've seen you guys love people, uh, just radically and really well, and continue to walk with them. So thanks for being an example to me in that.
1: Yeah, you know I, I learned a long time ago that when you're when you're faithful, you get favor, and then once you get favor, then you get converts. So. Uh, there's another verse in Proverbs that says a faithful man abounds in blessings. So it's real value for our family that that when we start something we try and do it and we and we don't quit, you know. And uh, it's been real, you know. It's been a real kind of foundational thing for our lives. You just keep going forward. You don't mm. stop. Wow, that's good.
0: That's good. Okay, go ahead and tell me a little bit about your
1: ministry, what you're doing here uh, in Honolulu. Sure, we we are starting a church for the homeless in Waikiki, but it all comes from a, a word that I got from God probably about over 10 years ago. And my job was doing street evangelism and taking people to do street evangelism every single week. And I love going to the place where the drug addicts, you know, the crack addicts, you know, like the, you know, the hardcore street people were. And then I was praying one day. And God spoke to me and said that one day people would come to Waikiki because they hear that Jesus is there, not just because it's Waikiki, Hawaii. Mm -hmm. So I switched my entire focus for my ministry um, to Waikiki and asking God, how can I reach people here? You know, there's 127,000 people every day in Waikiki. Almost all of them are tourists there for a few days leaving, you know. And so it was was an interesting area to do ministry. And so I, I would go and I would pray and ask God what to do. And I did that for a number of years got married. We moved from Hawaii like two days after we got married. We were working with another ministry with YWAM, traveling the world and telling people about Jesus and breaking bricks and tearing phone books. And, and one day God spoke to us and said, Hey, you're done with this. We're going to tell you what to do. He called us to plant a church here in Waikiki. So we came and, you know, we didn't want to start a church that was just like any other church. We wanted it to be a place that, um, would be there primarily to transform the city and to make jesus famous in the city and uh it was you know it was interesting way to start off a ministry where we just came we had a team of people that were supposed to help us get going and and they all took off right you know right in the beginning so it was just Mm -hmm. me and my wife at that time we just had two kids we had a newborn you know one of them was a newborn baby and we just decided you know what we're just gonna do what we would do uh, if there was a whole group of people every single week and so we would go to the park and we would meet and we would talk about Jesus we would pray have some food and then we would and then we we started a feeding ministry for the homeless and it wasn't it wasn't just to feed hungry people for us you know uh, I, I I've had a guy come up to me for the last couple of weeks and tell me that he disagrees with what we're doing because it breeds dependency in, in homeless people hmm. and I say, you know, at first I listened to him and he came back and said it to me again the next week. I said, yeah, but you know, I, I disagree with you uh, because you don't see the, the big picture of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so the other ministries that were feeding people in Waikiki, they were feeding leftovers, you know, just nasty moldy bread and some nasty split piece soup and homeless people were getting sick from the food that they were eating. Mm-hmm. So we decided that we wanted to um, bring at least one hot meal a week that wasn't leftovers that they could look forward to eating and so it morphed into we bring papa john's pizza every single week awesome. tuesday nights they call me the pizza man down there because <laughs> we come with pizza and um really it, it's our way there was two different groups of people that jesus ministered to he ministered to the core and he ministered to the crowd and so the pizza is a way to get the people that we're trying to minister to to come out of the the, the hiding places you know the woodwork So we can get the crowd of homeless there. And once we get them there, we can see who we can have influence with and pull them from the crowd into the core. And so that's kind of what we're doing now. Um, We want to be able to start businesses that will get people or homeless people jobs so that they can rehabilitate their lives and then also help other people, homeless people get off the street. So that's what we're doing. Uh, That's what we've been doing for the last number of years. That's what you've helped us do. So... uh, yeah.
0: yeah, that's uh, it's been really great to be able to partner with you. I know different seasons I've been able to come down on, on Tuesday nights and uh, just such an interesting place to minister because you've got beautiful Waikiki, which is really high end upscale, uh, rich tourists, and then you've you're got the homeless right there as well. And uh, just such an interesting juxtaposition of uh, two worlds just colliding, but, mm-hmm. um, I'm excited about the business opportunities that you want to have, um, for these homeless people. Why don't you go ahead and talk about that a little bit?
1: Well, we were trying to start a program that the homeless could run themselves for the homeless. You know, um, a helps B and a, a gets better. You know, when I help you, I actually feel better about myself and I want to do something better with my life. So we were looking for a way to do that. And I was, I prayed with the network of, of, of pastors that I'm with and I said hey could you help us we're trying to figure out how to do this and one of them wrote back and he said hey I was praying I just saw a vision of the homeless people starting these community gardens and the they're taking the produce that they grow in the community gardens they have healthy food to eat they can sell it in farmers markets and and um you know so I'm reading this on Facebook right after I get done reading it I was in a conference and I look at the slide and the slide flips over and the lady it says line by line the exact same thing wow and uh so I'm thinking, man, that's the word of God, you know? And so I, uh, I, I, I mentioned it to the other pastors that I'm with, and one of them comes up to me and says, hey, have you ever heard of hydroponics? And so I, I said, no. So I started doing research on hydroponics. I found aquaponics. Aquaponics is, is just hydroponics, but you're using fish as a nutrient source rather than, uh, you know, some sort of uh, chemical base. And um, so I started doing aquaponics in my apartment to try and figure out how can I do this where we can build some sort of business that the homeless can work in and and sell produce and have healthy produce for themselves and and it's morphed into you know a a bunch of different things that that are really exciting that are coming down the pipe but I have another podcast aquaponics for everyone is one you know one of the top podcasts in the world on aquaponics uh, you know aquaponics great way to grow vegetables and lettuce and all that stuff you use one tenth the amount of water you grow your plants three times as fast and it's it's really a a neat technology for for farming that could work in a lot of places that are you know, land poor, but building rich, you know? Yeah. So that's kind
0: of what we've been working on in the business side. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. And aquaponics is so great here in Hawaii because we've got that year-round uh, growing <laughs> season, which really helps out. Right? Yeah,
1: good weather all year
0: round. Yeah. So, yeah, the point of this podcast is uh, just trying to give people practical steps to doing ministry well. So if you were meeting with someone and you can share with our audience uh, three things that you would... Tell someone who either is just starting out in ministry or maybe is burning out in ministry or he really just wants to grow in ministry. Uh, what do you think those three pieces of advice would
1: be? What would be the first thing? The first thing would be the Holy Spirit. And this has been a real new uh, a new revelation for me. But I realized one day I was listening to a preaching and the guy says, You know, Jesus didn't just come and die on the cross so that we can go to heaven. He came and died on a cross, rose from the dead so that we could receive the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and as immediately when he said that, it was like all the verses from the Old Testament popped up in my mind that say, one day God's going to come and he's going to take your heart of stone and he's going to turn it into a heart of flesh, you know, and He's say, I'm going to take my spirit, I'm going to put it in you and I'm going to cause you to live the law. And so the promise from the Old Testament of the new covenant was a covenant where God's spirit comes in lives within you mm-hmm. and causes you to live the life that you're called to live. And when I began to look in the new Testament, J- Jesus himself said, Hey, it's better that I go. Cause when I go, then I can send you the Holy spirit mm-hmm. and the Holy spirit will teach you all things about me, you know? And, and he called the disciples to do witnessing the cities and states and nations. But he said, before you even go do any of that ministry, uh, Go wait until you receive the Holy Spirit, you know? Uh, Paul gets into Ephesus. That time was one of the most, you know, pagan demonic cities in the world. And he gets there. The first thing he does is he finds a group of 12 believers and he asks them, Hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Hmm. You know, that was his first question to them. And they say, no, we didn't even hear that there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. They said, all we know is the baptism of John. You know, and if you fast forward to the end of Acts chapter 19, uh, Paul so impacted the city that they brought millions of dollars worth of witchcraft material and burn it in the city and the sell of the, the, you know, the idols and the demon worship and the stuff that they're doing, they were losing their business because the Holy Spirit had so come and transformed Ephesus. And but I, I always look at I call it causing a Jesus epidemic. You look at the first thing that happened, like what was the match that started the big forest fire, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just that it was find a small group of believers and make sure they have the Holy Spirit. Now, I think we've misunderstood the Holy Spirit because we've called the Holy Spirit an it for so long. It's not an it, it's a person. It's it's the Holy Spirit is as much God as as Jesus is, as mm-hmm. much God as the Father is and I think we've misunderstood the Holy Spirit because we've called him the Holy Ghost for so long. You know, ghosts are mysterious. We don't know if they actually exist or not. You know, um, but for ministry, you have no ministry apart from the Holy Spirit. You know, it, it, if you had a ministry apart from the Holy Spirit, you would just be doing a good program, I and mean, it's it's not going to have the life of God in it. You know, that Adam and Eve didn't even live until God came and breathed His Spirit into them. So we have no ministry until. God comes and breathes his spirit into us. And and it's not just it's not just empowerment for ministry, but it's God Himself coming and living with you, in you, walking with you, and being one with you so much so that He wants to He He wants to come with you every single day and tell you what you should do, what you shouldn't do, you know, talk to that person, don't talk to that person. So I think I think the Holy Spirit is the key to doing ministry well. You know, it's first and foremost it's the foundation. Yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in the church and, uh, you know, for the longest time had no clue about the Holy Spirit. I've heard somebody recently say that a lot of churches are about uh, the Holy Trinity being, and, and this is in jest, of course, but Father, Son, and the Holy Book, not the Holy Spirit. So when you're talking about really relying on the Holy Spirit as the number one thing to doing ministry well, Uh, Could you briefly explain a little bit about what that looks like for people that really aren't familiar with Holy Spirit?
1: Right, yeah. You know, there's so many weirdos out there and they tend to be Holy Spirit weirdos that that it kind of weirds people out when they're thinking about doing ministry with the Holy Spirit. But for me, it's just, it's doing ministry with God, Hmm. you know? I think the Father is on the throne. We see over and over again in the scriptures that when people see Jesus, He's also on the throne. The Holy Spirit is the one who is with us down here on this earth, communicating with us, talking mm-hmm. with us, revealing the teachings of Jesus. You know, that's what he said. I'm going to go away. I'm going to send you a helper. He's going to teach you all the things, <laughs> you know, about me and how to live the life of them. Right. You know, the the Bible says that that we operate with the fruit of the Spirit. You know, uh, when we're led by the Spirit, we will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. You know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's that it's that shepherd mentality where, uh, a, you know, a sheep is, is, has one thing. They just going to go and eat, you know, they're really kind of dumb. Uh, I remember I was, I was in China. We were up in the North of China and I see a shepherd with his sheep out in the field. And I've, I've read all these Christian books about shepherds and how they communicate with their sheep. And so I wanted to see if any of it was actually true when I finally found a shepherd with some sheep, right? Right. So we go over to the shepherd and I say, hey, how do you get your sheep to move? And uh, he says, you see that sheep right there? He's the leader. And he says, he picks up a rocket, he throws it at the sheep, right? The sheep moves, he goes, wherever that sheep moves, all the other sheep will follow him. And it just clicked on me, you know? That's the way... God leads, (laughs) you know, you're the leader. If you're, you're doing ministry and you want to do ministry well, you're the one that God's going to throw some rocks out to get you to move so that (laughs) everyone else will follow you, you know, but it's just that it's the proverbial rocks. You know, when God is saying, do this, don't do that. Or, you know, if we go back to the, the, you know, the old book experiencing God, he says, you see where God's moving, you see what God's doing and you join him in it. Uh, Jesus in his own ministry, he said, I I can only do, he said, I can, I can, I can do nothing of myself, which is crazy. If you think about it, the son of God himself said, I can do nothing Hmm. by myself. I can only do what I see my father doing, which means that he had this dynamic relationship with God where God would show him literally what to do every single day. Now, whenever you start talking to this, people, people have this fear that that means, you know, you know old old granny jane you know won't get dressed till jesus tells her what shirt to wear you know and they feel like they're doing something wrong if they wore the red shirt instead of the the white one or whatever you know it's it's not it's not that it's not that deep but then again if you go read leviticus god sure talked to moses Mm -hmm. about a whole bunch of stuff that was really detail oriented that we think is is abnormal you know like talk about mold on walls and different skin rashes and whatnot, you know, like, so God is a God of detail. I don't think he's going to tell you exactly what clothes to wear every day, but I'm sure he wouldn't mind if you sat there and talked to him about what clothes you're going to wear during Mm -hmm. the day. You know, it's, it's a, a a husband and a wife. I ask my wife all the time, Hey, you think I should wear this or not? You know? And so if we really are the bride of Christ, you know, why not have a relationship where we talk with God about what's going on in our day and we just let him speak to us and guide us and throw rocks at us. Hmm,
0: that's good. That's good. All right. How about number two? What would be the second thing that you would tell someone uh, who's just looking to do ministry better?
1: So the, the second thing would be what we talked about already, and and that would be faithfulness. Hmm. You know... One of the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. Right? Faithfulness is being faithful to do what you said you would do, and just keep on going until God says not to do it anymore. Hmm. And that might mean, like us, sitting in a park by yourselves for six months, you know, or what, however long it was, and and just saying we're gonna keep doing this, no matter what, and and it means loving people and. Showing that you care about them, even when they have given you no reason to, you're being faithful to that person for no reason other than the fact that they have value in God's eyes, mm. you know. And it's it's a lot easier said than done, especially when you're working with people week after week after week. Who you think they're moving forward, and then they go backwards, and then they move forward, and then go back. You know, it's you know, right. they go in jail, they That's beat true. up some, you know that you know. It's it's like it's stuff like that, but but faithfulness is the key to being effective in ministry, and. What I realized is here in Hawaii, it's a tourism culture, right? So local people here in Hawaii are used to people coming in for a week and then leaving. Another group coming in for a week and leaving. And you think about homeless people. Homeless people are used to people coming up with a a bag of food or a lunch for the day and then leaving, you know? And so I think to, to... Minister effectively to the poor they have to realize that you're gonna be there and we've we've actually had people come Uh, We had a guy who who was homeless He was working with us and he actually got himself a way to go back home to the mainland and And uh, get his life back in order and when he was leaving his way of saying thank you was Thank you guys so much. I always knew that you would be here every Mm. single week and I could count on you and and it was like because because of faithfulness, we were almost like a constant in people's lives who are the the furthest, furthest thing from, con, you know, there's they, they their lives are always up and down. You don't know what's going to happen, but right. it's like, oh, on Tuesday nights, they're going to be there with pizza, and on Sunday, they're going to be there with coffee and donuts and, mm-hmm. you know, and be willing to take us in and just love on us, you know? And so, if you're going to, I mean, not, not everyone, obviously, listening to this is working with the homeless, but... It it's gonna work, if you're working with young people, if they always know you're gonna be there on Wednesday night, then they can say, you know, they could be gone for six months and go, you know what, I'm gonna go back again because I know those guys are gonna be there on Wednesday (laughs) night. You know, you know, same thing with church, and 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 it works throughout the. The Bible says a faithful man abounds in blessings, and so if you want to be blessed, you want your ministry to be blessed, you gotta be faithful.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Faithfulness is key, and I've really seen that in your life, R K. That's that's really awesome. Um, yeah what's that what's that third thing that you would tell uh, tell our audience today
1: the the third third thing I think it's it's two sides of the the same coin but one is risk and the other side of that coin is the demonstration of the power of God hmm. now I, I I've worked with any denomination you can think of around the world you know from Pentecostals to as conservative as you can get and I, I, I've spoken their churches I've worked with them you know all over the world in every continent except for Antarctica hmm. but there's one thing that I think that we have almost dismissed uh, and that is a demonstration of the power of God hmm. and when I looked at the largest churches in the world you know I'm not talking like even bigger than Joel Olstein's church you know I'm talking churches that have a million members or 800,000 members. You look at the largest churches in the world. All of them have public demonstrations of the power of God. I'm meaning publicly they're going to heal the sick. Publicly they're going to cast out demons. Publicly they're going to do miracles, get words of knowledge, and that kind of thing. And, And if you look at it, every single move of God that has ever happened across the world even some of the conservative revivals like the Shantou revival in in China all of it was accompanied with demonstrations of the power of God hmm. if you look at what happened with the body of Christ since 1906 the outpouring of the holy spirit at azusa street more people have been saved in the last 100 years after azusa street than all the 1900 years before that combined oh wow and so i think just a math level, you know, and looking at how many people have been saved as a direct result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and demonstration of the power of God. And and so I think we cannot, as a ministry, say that that is optional, you know, we can't say that that's optional anymore. So the Bible says, the Great Commission in Matthew 28 says, disciple nations by teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Uh, another verse in the New Testament says if you love God you will obey his commands you know so one of the commands of Jesus was heal the sick hmm. you know he said it multiple times to his disciples Matthew 10 7 I think in Matthew 10 1 Luke 10 you know uh, over and over and over again Jesus said when you get to a place heal the sick who are there and then tell them the kingdom of God has come so I was uh, I was listening to this guy. He was a theologian. He was talking about... He invited... He was a missionary to India. He invited some American pastor to come talk to his Indian pastors. So for three hours, this American pastor taught the historical proofs of the resurrection of Jesus to these Indian pastors. After three hours, one of the Indian pastors raises his hand and he says, Of course he's raised from the dead. I spent time with him this morning. <laughs> and what this guy, this theologian, realized was for westerners we need logical proof that something exists right a plus b equals c right people in the east and jesus was from the east right well, at least the middle of it <laughs> and they needed experience truth was something that was experienced and over and over again if you look in the bible it would say something like you know what jesus began to do and to teach you know, you would see Jesus would say, Hey, get there. And when you get there, heal the sick there, and then tell them the kingdom of God has come. And so this theologian was saying, We need to first demonstrate the kingdom of God and then talk to people about the kingdom of God. And we've been doing it flip flop, you know, where we preach the gospel and then we say, If you want to give your life to Jesus, come give your life to him. And then maybe we'll pray for the sick afterwards, right? So I'm in a village in India and. One of our teammates is talking to the villagers just in an open air meeting about the love of God. And God speaks to me and says, I want you to get up there and tell them I will show them my love by healing their sick bodies. Hmm. And so I get up there finally when he's done talking. And I said, God, you know, you just heard my friend here talk about the love of God. I want, I want to let you know that God will show you his love right now by healing your sick bodies. Wow. And, and so this mother brings me her six-month-old baby. And she says, we took the baby to the hospital. The doctor said, go home, save your money. There's nothing we can do. Your baby's going to die. And, uh, and so we're praying for the baby, praying for the baby. And the pastor that we were working with, he tells the baby's mom, by tomorrow, this baby will be healed. He says, we've, we've seen this happen all the time, right? And so the next day, we got a call from the pastor in the village. And he says, last night, that baby slept the whole entire night through. And it's never done that in his entire life. God wow. healed that baby, wow. and so, I mean, that's fun. You know, that's fun to me. I love doing that. But the fact of the matter is, that little kid's gonna grow up, run yeah. around the streets in the city, and forever, that kid in that village will be a sign of the love of God yeah. to that village. Yeah. Practical, something real. You know. So the other thing is in Mark sixteen, in the Great Commission. Jesus said these signs will follow. Those who believe, right? He says, they'll cast out demons, they'll speak in tongues, they'll pick up snakes and drink poison. And at the very end, he says, and they will lay their hands on the sick people and they will get well, you know? So I'm not saying go pick up a bunch of rattlesnakes and see if you can dance with them and without them biting you. That's good. Um, not. <laughs> so i not. So I always say in the, in the class that I'm teaching on this stuff, I always say, listen, if you're walking down the desert, what are a couple things that can kill you? snakes and scorpions right so he's just talking about having supernatural protection from the environment and in in geese days they didn't have guns they couldn't shoot people with a sniper rifle from you know hundreds of yards away so one of the ways you would kill people is you'd slip something in their drink and then they would drink it and die right so he's talking about protection from people trying to you know trying to harm you so but it ends with you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover so it's actually impossible for a follower of Jesus to lay their hands on someone for something to not happen in that person's life. Hmm. So sometimes you'll see the immediate demonstration of that healing where a person is that can't walk can now walk, you know? Hmm. Sometimes you'll see that. Sometimes it's I pray for you, I lay hands on you and I just started a process of God working in your life and it might take a day, might take 3 days, might take a week, but it's going to happen. Hmm. So if we have time I'll share I'll share another story. Yeah, let's hear it. So, I was I was in New Zealand. Well, here let, let me back up. I was I was in India. I began to see God do a lot of miracles in my life in this season. And so I heard about all these cool miracles that were happening in India and I was just I was sure I was going to see the dead raised and I was going to see people with missing limbs they're going to grow back. You know, it's going to be it's going to be awesome and glorious. Well, I get there, the first night we're doing ministry, this mom brings me her maybe 4-year-old daughter who has a withered hand and Uh, I pray and I pray and I pray, I pray every possible prayer. I know how to pray. And that kid stayed with the withered hand when I was done. And so I went back to the hotel and I had just thought, I said, you know what? It's not that little girl's fault that she's like that, you know, and there's no devil in hell that's big enough to stop the name of Jesus. So I figured that the only reason that this little girl didn't get healed right now was because of me. And so I figured I was the problem, and so I'm not gonna pray for the sick anymore because I obviously don't have it in me, you know. This is not that little girl's fault that she's like that. And so I spent weeks like moping around, all depressed on this trip, you know, like I, like I, I you know, I was a failure, you know. And finally, one of the guys that was traveling with us, he says, "What's been going on with you, man?" And um, I told him the story of the little girl, and he goes, "You know what?" He says, "It's not your fault when they get healed, and it's not your fault when they don't get healed." he says, your job is to do the praying and it's God's job to do the healing. Hmm. And, and so I said, oh yeah, that, that's true. You know, it's so true. And so I, I went out just trusting that God will do what he said he'll do. Right. And so in India, they do crowd control way different than they do crowd control here in America. You know, like if you've ever been there, it's like, They come out with sticks and they will just whack you. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a little kid or you're an old person, man, they're gonna whack you until you leave, right? And so we were doing these big, you know, big massive crusade events and and we would always be praying for people. We always had a fence that went in front of the stage. And at nine o'clock, the police would blow their whistle. They start coming down the fence and whacking people and getting them to leave. Well, these guys brought me their friend. He had two withered hands, you know, and the cops blew their whistle. And they were maybe, you know, 50 you know, fifty feet away. Mm-hmm. And they're making their way down the fence. And uh, I'm thinking in my mind, man, like I couldn't get one little girl healed earlier in this trip who had one withered hand. How, you know, how am I going to get this guy healed who has two withered hands right. and only had time to pray? The cops are going to come and kick everyone out, you know? Right, right. And so I put my hand on the guy's head. I said, God, I don't have time to pray right now. So why don't you just go ahead and do whatever you got to do right now in the name of Jesus? And I just watched as the guy's hands just popped out, oh, just completely healed, wow. you know? And, like, his eyes are big, like, looking at me, you know? Like, my eyes are like, whoa, you know? And I'm, oh, I'm asking this amazing. guy, like, hey, what couldn't you do? I want to see if you can do it, you right, know? And they right. said, oh, he you couldn't, you couldn't hold things. I said, well, I stuck up my finger. I said, here, squeeze my finger. I said, now get out of here before you get beat up by the cops, yeah. you know? But I've learned that I can trust God to do what he said he'll do if I do what he told me to do, hmm. Right? He said, lay your hands on the sick, they'll recover, right? He said, when you get into an area, heal the sick who are there. And so I do my part, God does his part. So fast forward, now we're in New Zealand, and this mother brought me her 10-year-old boy, and he's going blind. He had some degenerative type of eye or something. And I pray for him, I pray for him, I pray for him, and nothing happens that night, you know? And at this time, I've learned that I can trust Jesus, you know? Right. So I don't get discouraged anymore. I just go, Well, okay, did my best. Go on to the next guy, and trust Jesus that he said, You'll lay your hands and sick, they'll get better. Right. So I go down, I'm just praying for people. You know, a few weeks later this lady comes and finds me, she says, Hey do you remember me? I was like, No, I don't know who you are, you know. She's like, You prayed for my son. He was going blind and she said, We think he's healed. I said, That's awesome, you know, that's so cool. A week later she comes and finds me again and she says, Hey um, my son and my husband were flying over to Australia, and I said, son, do you want your glasses? He goes, no, mom, I'm healed. Wow. I'm, like, I'm thinking, wow, that's that's awesome. Two months later, I'm here in the YWAM base in Honolulu. My friend calls me. He says, hey, you remember that kid you prayed for? He got healed. He was going blind. Well, he went to the doctors, and when the doctor saw the miracle that happened in his eyes, that doctor gave his life to Jesus. Wow. And um, I'm like, that's amazing. But let's rewind it. If... That lady never came and found me and told me what had happened in her son's life. And my friend never called me and told me what happened as a result of the miracle in his kid's life and his doctor's life. To this day, I would just assume nothing happened in that kid's life. He stayed going blind, right? But that's not what actually happened. And so we can trust Jesus because Jesus will do what he said he'll do. Hmm. Now, the reason I said that the other side of the coin is risk is because there is no seeing the power of God happen through our lives without risk. Mm, we have to put our necks out on the line and, and get out there and try and do this stuff. And again, I don't think it's optional. It's not like you might have a Sunday where you're gonna pray for the sick. No, 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 no. You need to pray for the sick all the time. Um, I did a study. I looked at every single time in the New Testament in the book of Acts, it says news spread about him quickly, talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And because what I realized was that is a a Jesus epidemic happening in the city, Mm -hmm. right? And where all of a sudden news begins to spread like a virus, where everyone's hearing about Jesus and want to go see what he's up to. And 90 to 95% of the time, whenever it says that news spread quickly about Jesus, it's a direct result of a healing, a deliverance, a miracle, like multiplying food and stuff like that. So if you want to make Jesus famous in a city, which is is our entire point of what we're doing, right? Is the the way to do it is to demonstrate healings and miracles mm-hmm. and 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 things like that but you're never going to see them unless you stick your neck out there and actually try it wow, you that's know good. um so i would be doing worship here in the YOM base you know we live in a christian bubble we have all christian friends we talk our christian language and we would be during, doing worship and all of a sudden i would get a word of knowledge for healing you know and i would be so sneaking scared to get up in front of my friends and my family that I live with, you know, like the YWAM base, who are all Christians who want to see the same thing I do. I would be so scared to get up and be like, does anyone here have a pain in their wrist? You know, it's like, it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. So I made up this, uh, I call it archaism, right? So I made up an archaism way back in the day, said, you know what? I would rather be wrong and look stupid than be right and be disobedient. Because if you think God might want to heal someone who has this problem, and you don't get up and say anything, you know, that person is not going to get their healing, which was a gift from God for them in that day. And because you couldn't suck it up and grow some cojones and get up there and say, does anyone here have a pain in their wrist? Right. You know, that person loses the thing that God wanted to do in their life. Hmm. So I said, you know what? I'd rather be wrong and look stupid than be right and be disobedient. Because look, if the foundation is obeying the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is telling you to do something, you got to go do it. You know, you got to be that sheep that's getting the rock thrown at them and actually move because you don't do what God wants you to do. You're not going to see the results that God wants to give you. So, um, so yeah. So the third thing to do ministry well is you have to live a a life of risk, you know, Hmm. and whenever, whenever you're living a, a life of risk, there's always a risk of failing. There's always a risk of looking stupid, but you have to be willing to do it because you never know, like again, for praying for the sick, there's a lot more to the power of God than just praying for the sick, but, but it's, it's always a good kind of subject to bring about the, the foundational points that you got to get with the, with the ministry, right? So whenever you see someone walking down the street in crutches and you say, "Huh, hey, God wants to heal that person, the next step in, thought in your mind is, well, what if he does it? Right? right? What if I go up to this person, I say, hey, can I pray for you to get healed? And they don't get healed. Like, then what do I say? Right? Right. I call it the what ifs. Like, if you want to see the power of God happen in and through your life, you have to crucify the what ifs. Mm. Because, well, if you don't crucify them, then you got to change them. Because I would always say, well, what if, you know, what if I go pray for that guy in a wheelchair and he stays in his wheelchair? I said yeah, but what happens if I go pray for him and he gets out of the wheelchair, you know? How cool right. will that be? You know? That's way cooler than the the, the fear of him staying in the wheelchair, because at right. least I gave it a shot. Yeah. You know? But the the other thing is as I always say, look, not every single person that you pray for will get healed, but every single person you pray for will get loved. Hmm. You know? And love that's never good. fails. So out of love you go and pray for people, for them to get better. Even if they stay in their wheelchair, they're still gonna they're still gonna feel love as long as you did it in a loving way, right? Yeah. So to do ministry well, get out there, take risks. And, you know, look, Jesus comes to Peter's house. Peter's mother-in-law was laid up sick with a fever, you know. That's not like a major a major problem, right? right? He rebukes the fever. The fever leaves. And then right after that, it says that everyone came from that village and all were healed, hmm. you know. So you never know when someone at your workplace or someone in a grocery store is like hey you got a little headache let me pray for you god heals her headache and all of a sudden that's that thing that breaks the back wow and all of a sudden everyone's coming to get healed you never know cuz it's something little like a fever but when they got when she got healed of that that broke up something in that in that village where all of a sudden everyone came and got healed wow so don't despise the little things, you know, the, the headaches, the fevers, the coughs, the sprained ankles, you know, like go for the big things like getting people out of wheelchairs, but don't despise the little things because even the little things could be the way to break, break open God coming and moving in your city.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that stuff's really good. It, it, uh, it just, it's super practical, which is what we, we like here on Doing Ministry Well. Um, you, you addressed a lot of the fears that I think um, I know I have, and probably some of our visitors our listeners have, as well, um, about praying for the sick. So yeah, just to recap, uh, the three things that you said were reliance on the Holy Spirit as number one, number two, being faithful, and number three, uh, getting out and living a life of risk and uh, demonstrating God's. God's power. So, okay, thank you so much for those. Um, I just want to close by asking this last question: uh, What's been inspiring you lately? Has there been a book that you're reading or a, a blog that you've been reading? What's What's been inspiring you lately?
1: And lately, I have just because God has spoke to me lately about the Holy Spirit. I've been reading a book called The Holy Spirit <laughs> by John Bevere. It's been really good, really practical. It's like it's like daily studies of the holy spirit hmm. um the other thing uh that i that i've been been doing is i've been going through the gospels and i've looked at every single time that jesus eats with people hmm. um, whether it be them eating with food you know jesus jesus loved eating with people like even we go into people's towns and he would invite himself over to their houses and you know he goes up to Zacchaeus Zacchaeus is high you know up in a tree because he's too little to see Jesus right he goes up to Zacchaeus "Zacchaeus, hey I'm coming over to your house tonight you know go make me some food you know but I realized that the most important thing that we can do to reach people is eat with them and Jesus was constantly eating with people he would eat with the Pharisees, you know, when the lady came and broke the alabaster jar and rubbed it all over. He was eating with Pharisees when that happened, you know? Um, in Luke ten when he says, when you want to reach a city, you gotta go there and you gotta eat with them, he actually repeats the command twice to eat with people. Hmm. So it's been really inspiring for me to look at the Bible and see what it has what it has to say about eating. Hmm. Um, it's also probably why I'm overweight. But that's a whole other that's a whole other, you know. I think when we get to heaven We're going to have nice chunky bodies because (laughs) the Bible says that the word of God is like, you know, like fat onto your bones. You know what I mean? So, but, um, but (laughs) that aside, you know, over and over again, it says things in the Bible, like you never know. When your hospitality, your opening doors for someone, right. when you've entertained, you've entertained an angel, right? right? Right. So everyone wants to see angels, but never, no, no one wants to let the strangers into their house, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, over and over and over again, and the Bible says practice hospitality. You know, open your door to the stranger. You know, and and it's like if we could do that with the Holy Spirit. Man, we can have we can have life changing it, you know, life changing encounters around our dinner table. Hmm. That's, That's what's great. been inspiring me, lately.
0: That's awesome. Well, okay, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, would you go ahead and just uh, pray for us and and pray for our our listeners as well to close us up? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, Father, I just want to ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would release a spirit of power and grace and boldness over these listeners that. They would begin to walk like, like Paul prayed that they would begin to walk in that communion with the Holy Spirit, that re, that that releases boldness in their life to see Your power, uh, be released in their cities, in and through their ministry. So I bless your ministry. May you represent represent Jesus well, and uh, in Jesus' name, go bigger, go home.
0: <laughs> amen, amen. All right, RK, thanks so much for. Uh, Yeah, just being interviewed on Doing Ministry Well. And uh, listeners, we'll catch you next time. Aloha. If you enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing to us on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you'd like to learn more about RK, check out his websites at www.rkandkalike.com. That's www.rkandkalike.com and aquaponicsforeveryone.com. Links are included in the podcast notes, along with links to two of RK's books and the other resource mentioned in this podcast. The links provided are Amazon affiliate links and help us out when you buy through them. My goal is to release a new episode of Doing Ministry Well every Wednesday. Check in next week and we'll have Kenny Jackson on the show talking
1: about kingdom sexuality. Doing ministry well.